today on the Tearsheet Podcast. We talk to our customers and ask them, you know, what's the part that sucks the most about your financial experience? And they all said, my bank. Um, but we're not a bank, so, you know, we couldn't build a bank account, so we built something better. Um, you know, and then we launched this cash management account. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. Brex is one of the fastest growing fintech startups in history. It may be the fastest growing startup in history. The company, founded by two Brazilian Stanford grads, began with a straightforward premise, to launch a corporate credit card that accelerates entrepreneurs and scaling businesses. From there, it's moved into rewards and travel programs tailored to specific industries. And recently, the firm launched Brex Cash, a business cash management account that helps companies simplify their financial operations and grow their businesses. Brex co-founder Enrique Dubagras joins me on the podcast to talk about the evolution of the company's product portfolio and the company's plans for the near future. From there, he shares his views on where the payments industry is headed in 2020 and beyond. Enrique Dubagras is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Before we jump into the podcast, I wanted to introduce you to Outlier, Tearsheet's leading membership program. It's designed for top fintech and financial service professionals to stay on top daily of the biggest trends, the top companies, and the leaders of this next generation of finance. Find out more about it at tearsheet.co slash outlier. My name is Enrique Dubigras, and I'm the co-founder and co-CEO of Brex. And what was your own personal sort of career trajectory that brought you to, to found Brex? So my co-founder, Pedro, and I were both originally from Brazil, and we both originally started coding pretty young during our teenage years. Um, in last year of high school, we started a payments business in Brazil called Pagarment. That was like the you know, payment processing in Brazil, so like Stripe or PayPal in Brazil. Mm -hmm. What year was this? This was 2013. Okay. Um, then we, we sold the business uh, in September 2016. Uh, we had some scale. We were roughly like 150 employees, maybe a billion and a half in transaction volume. And we moved to the U.S. Um, to, uh, you know, go to college. And then after a few months, uh, we dropped out of college to start Brex. We started Brex because we saw that, you know, startups had a tough time getting financial services. Um, so, uh, and other small businesses and medium-sized businesses as well. So we decided to basically, uh, you know, build financial services for companies. And, um, and our first product was, was a corporate card for startups. And since then we evolved to have, you know, corporate cards for several verticals, but also we recently launched our, uh, new product Brex Cash, which is a um, you know a bank account replacement, a cash management account. So, can we talk about some of those recent announcements? Because uh, I know we want to save a little bit of time at the end of this conversation to talk about sort of your view into the the future for financial services. But um, I know there was also a co-branded card in there too. Your first one. Exactly. So, um, can we talk about I guess the the recent product launches? We'll start with Brex Cash. What, what was the thinking there? What, what, what was, where was the need in the market that, uh, that kind of pushed you to develop that? Um, so basically, uh, you know, the, we talked to our customers and asked them, you know, what's the part that sucks the most about your financial experience? And they all said, my bank. Um, but we're not a bank, so, you know, we couldn't build a bank account, so we built something better. Um, you know, and then we launched this cash management account. And uh, there's a few things. We think that companies pay way too much fees. Um, so, you know, we have no fees for wires or ACH or even international wires. Uh, 
and also, um, you know, companies weren't getting any kind of yield on their money. So we gave them, you know, some yield, actually, you know, top of market yield uh, to date. And, um, and that's kind of uh, the value proposition. And we also give you rewards as you pay. So, you know, instead of charging you to send wires at ACH, we actually reward you. We give you points to do so. What has feedback been or any, any type of metrics you can share with us on Brex Cash? Uh, we're still on a wait list. So the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. We have a lot of people on our wait list, but, um, you know, we only um, onboarded uh, maybe a couple hundred companies, um, okay. you know, to, because it's still in a private beta. And what are the plans for a, a more general rollout? Uh, we're, we're aiming for Q1 2020. Okay. Um, and what about the co-branded card? I mean, that's obviously a tried and true, um, you know, model for, for banks in terms of issuing cards. Um, what was the thinking there and, and sort of, you know, can you talk, take us through sort of that partnership with Bank of the West? Yeah, you know, the very interesting thing um, is that we're doing kind of an inverse co-branded in which, uh, you know, Brex is, um, is uh, issuing the card, uh, underwriting, funding, and, uh, you know, Bank of the West is uh, on the brand, right? Um, They're helping with distribution, all right. Exactly. But it's funny because it's a complete op opposite yeah. model of the past, right? In which um, the banks were co-branding for companies. Um, so basically, uh, that, that is kind of like the model. And uh, is that a model you're going to continue to roll out? Are you looking for other partners there? We're very... We're selective of partners. We, we think it needs to have a very complementary user base and uh, complementary product sets. Um, so I wouldn't say it's something we're looking to expand, uh, you know, too much, but uh, it's something we're definitely open to. Um, and is there anything else you can share with listeners on, I guess, your upcoming pipeline? What should we be looking out for from Brex in 2020? Um, I, you know, I think uh, we're, with Brex, a lot of our startups are growing. So we're building a lot of stuff to support companies that are you know are reaching certain scale mm -hmm. um and also we're looking to expanding to more verticals that we're serving today uh, you know it's not even that i can't announce I, we don't actually know what are the next verticals interesting and and what sort of prompted the vertical approach can you take us through sort of i guess the historical um decision making there yeah um so basically our our thesis is that these businesses uh they're not the same, you know, startups and, uh, you know, e-commerce, uh, they're all like pretty different businesses. Um, so uh, what that means is we, we created like customized functionality and customized rewards and customized distribution channels for each of these verticals. So, uh, you know, we, we try like not to put, you know, a one size fits all, um, you know, products on top of these companies. And I guess, I guess where's the trigger in the sense of launching a new vertical? Like, are, are, do you guys plan on rolling out a, like a whole slew of new verticals or sort of do you have yeah. the core sort of offering now? Yeah, the thing for us is um, it's more around, uh, you know, if we have like super strong uh, product market fit mm -hmm. on the verticals. Um, if we do have strong product market fit, uh, then, you know, we would roll out a vertical, but if we don't, if we think that other banks and other cards would be better than us for that vertical, then we wouldn't. 
Okay, great. So I, I'd like in the remaining time of, of this call, if we can, I know you had some thoughts on, on what the world's going to look like in 2020. Um, can we start there and start to go through sort of some of your predictions? Uh, yeah, of course, of course. Um, so, you know, we put this a little bit together um, because we, a lot of people ask us like, oh, what do you think, you know, is going on in FinTech? And what do you think are kind of like the, the new things that, you know, and new trends that are keep going. And we, we think that there are kind of like um, three key new trends uh, that are going to expand in uh, 2020. Um, the first one is, um, you know, payments means loans. I, I mean, lending, uh, meets loans. So uh, what that means for us, you know, as I think is people are realizing more and more that um, it's much easier to lend if you already have a relationship with a customer through mm. some product, then if you're trying to create a relationship with a customer for the first time through lending um, and, uh, and vice versa. So, you know, we think that, um, uh, you know, all the payment companies, um, you know, Square and Stripe already are doing it, but all the other payment companies are going to start rolling into lending. Um, but also we believe that the lending companies are going to start rolling into payments and other kind of like higher engagement products. So SoFi was launching of SoFi Money. Mm. Um, you know, we believe that they're going to start dabbling more um, into uh, lending pro or oh, payment products as well. Um, not only just doing lending. So I think we saw Bluevine launching, you know, um, savings account recently for, mm -hmm. for businesses. And, we believe and, all these businesses are going to start um, launching more kind of like high engagement products. So that's interesting that things are kind of converging from different directions. I mean, and you guys are sort of right in the middle there with your core offering, right? Yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we're right in the middle in which our, you know, our first product is um, somewhat lending, somewhat payments. Well, okay. So, so what about e-commerce? Where does e-commerce fit in in terms of the, the trends and, yeah. and sort of fintech? Yeah. That's actually my, my next point, which is, um, you know, uh, we believe that fintech, uh, you know, is seeing that e-commerce is actually a super interesting market. So, you know, I think with Shopify, um, I think their stock, if I'm not mistaken, went from like 10 billion to like 30 billion in like two years or something like that, or 40 billion now over two years. And, um, and we believe that that kind of sparked a little bit the entire industry to see e-commerce as like, wow, this thing is big. Um, and so, you know, between a firm and Klarna with their, you know, with their products, Brex e-commerce, ClearBank, I think a lot of, uh, and Shopify itself, uh, with Shopify Capital and other products they might launch, um, are seeing that e-commerce is the future and it's not all Amazon and, uh, you know, we're uh, going towards it. Um, and building more products for them. Okay. And I, uh, you mentioned there were three different um, ideas, predictions you had for the next year. What was the and, third? And the third one is, you know, and this is, uh, we'll take a little bit of credit for this, but I think a lot of people notice that cards is a, you know, a good business. Mm -hmm. um, so we've seen businesses like Expensify and Scale Factor uh, basically launch um, their own cards um, besides Stripe as well. Mm -hmm. And I think with both Stripe and Marketa providing the infrastructure to much easier, you know, to be much easier to issue cards, I think a lot more people 
are going to enter into the space. And um, I think that, you know, in, in my opinion, uh, uh, the market is, is going to do, uh, it's, it, there's a few things, you know, card business is not only a technology business, it's also a financial services business. So in my opinion, those who can actually create a financial services DNA within the company will strive. And those who just see it as a, you know, a side project, um, won't, if that makes sense. And, and so I guess Enrique, the, the cards, the convergence of cards, is that similar to what you were talking about, payments meeting loans? Like where are the opportunities? It's, it's, it's niche platforms that already have clients moving into cards. Is that, is that what you're describing? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I, I don't know if it's necessarily an opportunity, but um, it's definitely a trend that um, software companies that are providing some sort of verticalized software or general purpose software for companies moving into cards as a way to monetize. So, you know, that was true for payments for a while, right? So you have a bunch of vertical SaaS. So for example, Toast mm -hmm. um, moving into payments and capital. Um, and there's a few other vertical, you know, versions of this, uh, you know, mind, um, I think mindset, um, uh, and, uh, I think cards are the new that, you know, are the new payments in the sense of, um, a way to monetize, um, after SaaS. So, so in the remaining time we have, Enrique, I guess, given these three trends, like what does that spell for customers, whether they're, you know, shopping in e-commerce or their borrowers, like what, what do these three sort of trends mean for the end, the end user? Yeah, I think what they mean is basically you're going to start shopping um, financial services from much broader providers than banks. Um, so, you know, today, I think before you used to have your relationship with your bank um, and then, you know, everyone else. And I think uh, you're going to start having, you know, traditionally relationships that you had only with a bank now with, uh, you know, multiple players. So, so non-bank providers, non-bank lenders, the, the people are going to essentially bank with the brands or the systems that they use most frequently? Yes, exactly. Got it. Enrique, thanks for joining us on the uh, Tearsheet Podcast today. Thank you so much.